Welcome to the Profit Cast. I'm the coach, Levi Landrigan. And I'm the player, Luke McCark. And we're here to bring you our unique perspective on local, college, and pro sports. So join us as we dive into the headlines and stories that you need to know. Hey, it's the player, and I am just here to give you some more sports news. It's been a while now, um, but because we didn't record last week, it's worth mentioning the Astros are officially the World Series champs, much to my joy. It was a great series to watch. It was back and forth. The Phillies had a big win in Game 3 where they won 7-0 to and set a record, tied a record for most home runs in a game. Um, so it looked like it was all Phillies. They were up two games to one, and the Phillies looked like the Phillies were going to, you know, kind of win out and look nice and be a World Series champions. But the Astros bounced back by throwing a no-hitter in the very next game. And from there, the series totally just shifted back to the Astros. It was 2-2. They ended up winning their next two games with some great pitching and some timely hitting. And then... From there, it was just a matter of hoisting the trophy, and Jeremy Pena was the series MVP, getting a hit in every game. One of the first rookie position players to do it. Um, so, yeah, it was just really nice for him and really nice for the Astros. Well, we want to make sure that we don't get too football-focused with this podcast. So I'm going to update you on Nebraska women's basketball team and what they are looking at this year. As of this recording, the Nebraska women's basketball team is sitting at 2-1. and one. They started their season with a really impressive win against uh, Omaha, University of Nebraska-Omaha, putting up 100 points on them, winning that game 100-36. to 36. Uh, This is a team that, if you remember when we were talking about them in our podcast last year, they regularly scored over 100 points to start off the season. They have a really explosive offense, and they have a lot of players returning from last year. If we take a look at their roster, some of the players that we should watch this year when watching Nebraska women's basketball, Jess Shelley, great three-point shooter. Trinity Brady sees the floor a lot. Allison Weidner is a is kind of a local gal. She's from Humphrey, and she's some of the people uh, listening to this podcast maybe even remember her playing against Nebraska Christian and seeing her play when she was in high school. Um, other other players that you need to keep an eye out for would be uh, Izzy Bourne, the the forward from Australia, crashing the boards and putting getting putbacks up there. And then last year's Big Ten Freshman of the Year, Alexis Markowski, is looking for a great sophomore season. She was named to the preseason all-conference team. She's a, a big big girl banging around in the in the backcourt and looking to, again, get, get rebounds, get blocks, and score some points. She's going to be a really key player to this team. So that's uh, Amy Williams has been coaching for a while now. She's really got things turned around. This team made it to the big dance last year. They did lose in the first round, but they have, I believe, at least four starters, maybe all five. No, four starters because Sam Hybe is on the team, but she is injured. So they're looking to improve on what they've done so far. Like I said, their record is 2-1. and one. They did just lose to Creighton. Creighton is number 21 in the country right now, a really good basketball team. 
And Nebraska lost by about 20 points, but that can be a little bit deceptive. I listened to part of the game on the radio, and they uh, they, they got off to a really slow start. And when you play the game of basketball, if you spot the other team 20 in the first half, it's really hard to overcome that. So the second half, they played them pretty, pretty fair, pretty even. I think if they played Creighton again, starting at 0-0 and actually getting a good start for their team, I think they could I think they could beat them. So this is the type of team that can play with anybody. Hopefully they'll be competing for a Big Ten championship, and they should be a really fun team to watch. So keep your eye on the Nebraska women's basketball team. And it's the player. I'm doing two solo segments in this episode um, because we missed last week. So this one is about the Nebraska men's basketball team getting their season started. They've won their first two games against, um, I forget who it is, Omaha and another team. Anyways, they uh, roster's looking a little thin this year. They got a couple good transfers. Sam Greasel from North Dakota State is looking to be one of their main players. Manuel Bandamel is transferring in. He'll be a key contributor. They only have four guys last year coming back that had stats and games. And that's C.J. Wilcher, who will be one of the main starters. Um, Kaisei Tomonaga, great three-point shooter. Uh, and then we've got Wilhelm Breidenbach and Derek Walker. So those are the guys who are coming back. The, all four of them will be key contributors. They've got a couple more freshmen that could contribute, like Deneem Dawson. So th- there are a couple guys who could, you know, throw their throw their con- contributions in, and it'll be interesting to see. Hoiberg is coaching for his job this year, so hopefully the Cornhuskers can win some games starting on the 17th against St. John's and the Gavit Games. Well, we took a week off, and we've missed a lot of action in the football world, but we are going to talk a little bit of college football. We got some of the teams that Luke has given his own rating to that we're going to talk about, and there's some big games coming up this weekend. So, Luke, why don't you get us kicked off with a little bit of college football talk? Yeah, so it's a really interesting race at the top. The top three are pretty clear. Um, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan. Ohio State and Michigan do play not this week but next week, and that is going to be a big game for the um, just overall playoffs um, because then you have either a one-loss Ohio State or Michigan team versus a one-loss Tennessee team, and you've got to decide who you think would be let in. Um, and, of now, course, you've got TCU. So now, before we go on, you, could, you, you yeah. These are your rankings that we're talking about. Are they how similar are those first three and four to the current college football playoff ranking? So the first three are the same. Okay. Um, I currently have Tennessee over TCU, but I think if TCU wins the Big Twelve, I would jump them over. Does Tennessee. does the committee have TCU at four right now? Yes, okay. right now TCU is at four, um, and I I think I I will put TCU over Tennessee if they win the Big 12 because Tennessee will not be in the SEC championship game in mm-hmm. Georgia's division. Right. And and looking at these teams moving forward, history has told us that if Ohio State Michigan is a close game, it won't losing that game won't cost you a playoff spot. You know, we look at Georgia and Alabama last year and other times that there's been two really good teams in the SEC championship game, those one-loss teams often still 
still make the playoffs if they have a good body of work behind them. So I think I think those are pretty accurate ratings. But it'll be interesting to see how those teams fare for the rest of the season. And I, I no. do think Tennessee is good. I mean, you have them at four. They are a good team, and they've they've had some good wins. And their only loss is to Georgia, which Georgia's, Georgia's the best team in the land. So it'll really be interesting to see if they jump up there or how, how the rest of it plays out. And I will say it'll be really interesting because let's just say Ohio State beats Michigan, okay? Um, it could be flip-flopped, and it would be right. basically the same thing. So let's say Ohio State beats Michigan, and it's by similar margin to which Tennessee beat Georgia. Like Georgia beat Tennessee. Or but continue. Other way. Yeah, Georgia. Yeah. That Georgia beat right. um, Tennessee or more. Like, what do you say getting blown out by the number one team or the number two team? Like, what's the difference? Well, and then that would and then, then you bring the question. And then you kind of look at the other body of work, and if then that's where it gets. Georgia is number one, partly because they're the defending national champs and partly because they, they took it to Tennessee. If uh, if Ohio State takes it to Michigan, I could easily see them being number one and jumping ahead of Georgia. There there is a little bit of recency bias in the in the committee where somebody does something special and they get jumped up over somebody else just because they've done something more recently. That's that's one of the unfortunate parts of rating teams in college football is you have a you have a short memory and you're quick to reward the most recent shiny thing. So. I don't know. That's that's why I'm glad there's a playoff. That's why I think maybe maybe a little bit of expansion would be good and fun fun to watch. But that's where things are right now. Yeah, and uh, just a couple other things that could throw a wrench in things. What do you think? What would happen if all of these teams went out, other than Ohio State, Michigan, obviously, yeah, and then LSU beats Georgia in the SEC Ooh. championship game? LSU is currently the number six team in the nation, but has two losses. And LSU, yeah, they beat Alabama, and they beat they had another big win. Oh, I'm forgetting who it was now, but but LSU is a is a legitimate good team. They oh, lost that, to Senate, to Tennessee and beat Ole Miss and Alabama. Yep. So, yeah, that's a really good. Oh man, because LSU would be a two loss team. A two loss SEC champion usually gets a ticket to the playoffs. But would they? Would Georgia still make it? Would you have? Would you have two SEC teams and two Big Ten teams? And does that just further drive the car down the road to the eventual two conference nation that we will be living in in five years? I don't know. That it does kind of seem that that might be the case. I would feel bad for TCU running the table and not making it to the playoffs but well has that that's never happened before an if, undefeated team not making the playoffs an undefeated power five team i don't i'm not sure i don't think that it has i'm i'm i will confidently go out on a limb and say that from the from the big 12 the pac 12 big 10 acc yeah. and sec they've never had a team go undefeated and not make the playoffs yeah so i think it's just a really interesting you know, scenario because you have LSU, a two-loss team, and Georgia, a one-loss team. But LSU just beat Georgia. So what's to say LSU wouldn't also beat Georgia in the playoffs? And that's where you get into the discussion where maybe LSU deserves a spot over Georgia. Yeah, maybe that's a first-round playoff And maybe you see Ohio State at one, and then, um, yeah, I don't know, gosh, TCU at two. Tennessee at three and LSU at four. <laughs> I, oh, you can't. No, no, that's if, not. No, Georgia would be if, an overpass. Okay, here's the way. thing. If LSU 
if LSU beat Georgia, then I think the winner of the Ohio State-Michigan game, I think the loser of that game would lose their playoff spot. I, I would say... even I, if, Honestly, even if it's a close game. I think if... I think if Michigan barely beat Ohio State or Ohio State barely beat Michigan, then an LSU beats Georgia, then you're gonna have Ohio State one, probably probably Georgia two, and TCU three and LSU four. But you and then you have this weird thing because you have Tennessee beat LSU. And Georgia beat Tennessee, but LSU beat Georgia. See, it's like I a think weird I think LSU I think LSU just gets so much credit for being the only team that beat Georgia. Yeah, and I think maybe maybe you throw out the Florida State loss and just consider the, right. them because Florida State first game of the year, like well, and the fact that they're under, that out, like, the fact that they were what five hundred last year. Yeah, that's incredible. Like, I mean, the playoff committee does a little, not a ton, but a little bit of tilting the deck towards the story of it, if you will, where it's like first year head coach. 2020 Cincinnati would argue that. Well, yeah. 2019 UCF, whatever that year, 2018. Right, right. So I don't know. That's why I said a slight tilt of the hand. They don't, they don't tip the scales by any means, but. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, because. Then I'd Ohio State probably has a lock, and TCU has a lock in that scenario. Well, yeah, if you have two undefeated conference champions, those are that's as sure as that's as sure of a sure thing as you can get. Yeah, and then you're between Michigan and then three SEC teams in Georgia, Tennessee, and LSU. It would well, yeah. I yeah. would say Georgia gets in over Tennessee. I think, yeah. But Tennessee also beat LSU, so how can you put an LSU over Tennessee? If LSU is a conference champion, though. that's true. Like, I would say, I would say it would go Ohio State, TCU, Michigan, LSU. No, Georgia, LSU, LSU, Georgia. So Michigan in the playoffs or not? Because you no, just listed no, five no, teams. No. Okay, it would go Ohio State, TCU, LSU, Georgia. But I would I, think have it to, might. I would need a week to if, think about that. One. If if I was on the playoff committee, then what I would do is no matter how I had to swing things, if you have two teams from the same conference in the playoffs, put them as the one four or the two three. And I don't care if that's not right. If if we have another SEC national championship, I'm not gonna watch it. And that's the feeling of like a third of the country, if not two thirds of the country. Oh. If you, if if LSU and I Georgia, see the, I mean, if it's me, I want to see the best two teams in the national championship. And if they're both from the SEC, I don't care. And I feel like that is a valid but unpopular opinion. I think there's a lot of people that have SEC fatigue, and if LSU goes in there with a two loss on their record, people look at the record; they don't look at the story. Just the national media, you know, or not national media, but just national feel of, of people, the casual fans, if you will. They'll say, they have two losses. They're just putting them in because they're SEC. And if you have Georgia LSU in the national championship game, your ratings are going to be down. It's not good for the sport. You have a playoff so that you can have exciting semifinal games. There's never exciting semifinal games. So if you had Georgia LSU 
playing each other for the SEC championship and then turning around and going to practice saying, how are we going to do the exact same thing again? That is going to be the best first round playoff game ever. And the winner goes to the national championship with a clear favorite. See, this happened with Notre Dame and uh, I think it was Clemson a couple years ago. Um, Maybe it was Michigan. I I, I can't remember what the scenario was, but they essentially kind of tilted the rankings because they didn't want to see the same matchup that was just... I think it was a COVID year with Clemson and Notre Dame. Oh, yeah. That they, like, flipped the rankings just because they didn't want Michigan or Clemson and Notre Dame to play back-to-back weeks. Yeah. And I think think that's okay to do. Like, the NFL puts their games together in a way that makes the really interesting teams play really important games when everybody's watching. And that's why NFL games have such high ratings. That's why the sport has more money and they're able to hire better officials and do more to promote their game worldwide. And it's just a better product. College football has so many problems. They are trying to figure out NIL stuff. They're trying to figure out just how you're, you're paying players. Now there's coaches and start over. Cause I love college football. Like, I like if I had a choice to watch football all Saturday or all Sunday, I would watch all Saturday. I would watch college football. And that's not, you know, the common thing anymore, but I love watching college football. But I think the NCAA is kind of holding the game back. I totally agree. And the m- money will push things. And, and if people can make more money by making a better product, they're going to jump on that all day long. I mean, we could see that with the Big Ten Network. Like the fact that you can watch you can watch your team play every single week as a guarantee. Like mm. Luke probably doesn't remember this because he was just a pup back in the Big 12 days. But there were times where like to watch Nebraska, you had to get a pay-per-view sp- subscription. And it wasn't that long ago. And it would be for like, you know, we would play like Louisiana Lafayette. You know, like not great teams, but teams that still like you wanted to watch those games. So, you know, if you make money, you have a better refined product. We can know that we're we. There's no doubt that you have to get a special subscription to watch Nebraska play football. It's just going to be on TV. So, I think that the playoffs need to do a need to get a better job of making more interesting matchups. If that means putting the best four teams forward, that's great. I would I would love for it to be that that simple. But I think there's still too much politics involved and, and often and I say politics because the the top four rating is almost never the same three weeks before the playoffs as it is playoff time. Part of that is because of matchups. But honestly, 80 percent of the way through the season, you have a pretty good idea of who the four best teams are. There's always at least one team that's really good that gets left out. There's always one team that's pretty average that finds a way to have just enough of a case to get into the playoffs. And then there's blowout games. And there's it's just you got to have a way to make those first two playoff games worth watching. And maybe it's just finding a different day of the week for them. I still have no idea why the national championship game gets played on a Monday night. That doesn't make any sense at all. If, but if you have a good product, just say, hey, this is the college football playoffs. I think they We're should taking... make it a national holiday. College, uh, college football national championship day. Everybody gets a day off and yeah. watch the game. Or if the first bowl games were the first playoff games, instead of making them New Year's Six Bowls, start with 
get get the bowl season kicked off with you know like a December fifteenth playoff game. I don't like that. But then you have more time to prep for the national championship game. You have time to recover. You don't have somebody getting injured in a first round playoff game, and it starts off the beginning of bowl season instead of just saying, "Oh yeah, is football is college football back on after this kind of awkward two and a half week break?" You see, it's it's weird, but I love watching those random group of five bowls. Like Idaho Potato Bowl, give it to me. I love it. I just I love watching all these group of five games, and I feel like having. The semifinal games first kind of takes away from those games. I don't think it would. I think it would get more people watching those games. Because there are a few people, like my co-host here, that that get up early in the morning to watch an Idaho potato game. But most most college football fans, they are just like, hey, tell me when my team from my conference or the number one team is playing. But if you started, if you had a doubleheader with the first round playoff game followed by the potato bowl, how many people are going to say, hey, I'm in a good football mood. Let's keep watching some potato football. Like, it, it's good for the sport. I don't know. I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure how all this would work, how all, how it all works. But, like, I think, like, people do their bowl pickums and whatever. And then, you know, they get excited. Let's watch the potato bowl, you know. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll we see. have... Hopefully, hopefully the committee members that are listening to the, this podcast are actually going to implement some of our changes. They were really rude and didn't implement any of the things that we suggested last year. But, hey, that's not going to stop us from giving our comments. All right. Well, it's a football-themed episode, so we are talking college football with a quick stop by uh, non-American football. We wanted to remind you guys that before our next podcast comes out, the United States of America will have already played a World Cup game. That's right. The World Cup is happening this Monday, the 21st day of November at 1 p.m. because they're in Qatar, 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 Q-tip. They are playing soccer, and the United States is getting ready to kick the tail of Wales. So look out, world. Here comes America. We are watching and cheering our red, white, and blue squad. They're in the round robin right now versus Wales, Iran, and England. So kind of favorable matchup from what I've heard from the professionals that talk about soccer is we're probably the second best team in that group. If we pull out something fun against England, we have a really good shot at making the next – the uh, the they play everybody in round robin and then they move on to a bracket of 16. And I, I think we got a good shot at making that. So something exciting. We'll keep you posted on how the world cup is going and, and what to watch with uh foot football. I got, I got Steph Curry for five goals. Yes, that's no, come on. And the professional football world, we are going to pick a couple of games and talk a little bit about some of the teams that are playing. Some of the games that I have chosen for us to pick is the first one is, and I think it's an interesting matchup. Luke, tell me if, if you think I'm crazy, but the Tennessee Titans are playing at the Packers. The Packers have really had a rough start to the year, but they did beat the Cowboys last week. What do you think about this game, Luke? Titans are going to roll the Packers. I think think you might be right. I kind of think that the Packers last week against the Cowboys, everybody was saying, oh, it's vintage Aaron Rodgers. He's back. Honestly, I think it was a little bit of a revenge game for him. He knew that Mike McCarthy was on the other side, and uh, 
He wanted to make sure that he beat his old coach. And I don't know that the Cowboys played that great either. And, I, yeah, we've talked about this on the podcast before, too, that the Cowboys often get a lot more credit. than They, they have to do a little to get a lot of respect. So I think the, ta- the Titans will win this game as well. But, but it will be interesting because if the Packers do win this, you have to keep your eye on them and see is Aaron Rodgers going to start doing some amazing things throwing the football like he is capable of doing. Was it the fact that the Packers are really bad, or did they just actually have a hard time getting connections with their new wide receivers? So that's what I'm watching for this game, the Titans at the Packers. The next game, this is a game that I was actually, a while back, I was planning on going to this game, but I didn't because I thought, eh, it's the Jets at the Patriots. But the Jets at the Patriots is actually going to be a really good game now. The Jets are ahead of the Patriots in the division, but the the Patriots beat the Jets the last time they played. The Bills lost again last week to the, to the Vikings in just an amazing football game. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But the Jets could seriously win this game and take over first place in the division. That's insane. This yeah. is going to be a really fun game to watch. Who do you got? Okay. So I think the Jets are going to go on to better things than the Patriots after this game. But the Patriots are still the Jets' daddy. And <laughs> You're absolutely right. That's like the best way to describe this. I totally agree with you. That, yeah. I, yeah. Well said. Well said. Moving straight on from that to the next game. I think I know where you're going to go with this one. But Dallas Cowboys at Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings just came off an amazing comeback win. They were down 28-10. to 10 to the Bills, and they came storming back, beat the Bills in overtime. And Minnesota's legit. Everybody said before that. They're 7-1. and one, They've had an easy schedule. The NFC is down this year. But then they pull off that against who everybody has said is the best team in the NFL this year, the Bills. But what, what, what were your thoughts on that game before we pick the Cowboys game? Okay, so I don't know. Um, I was at Weekend of Champions on Sunday, and uh, – because I was at Weekend of Champions, I was watching the Buccaneers game after I got home from Weekend of Champions. <laughs> so then I didn't watch any other games because I was watching the Buccaneers game. <laughs> but uh, I, I, you know, I did follow the game and how it went. And I think the Bills gave up the game, and the Vikings tried to give up the game, but then they gave it up less. So. I don't know. They, you know, they're saying one of the great games in history, but I think it was a lot of mistakes by both teams. It was. There was definitely mistakes made by both teams, but, but I, I still think the fact that Minnesota came back from twenty-eight ten down, just to make it a game before they were making some of their own mistakes. I, I think it really speaks highly of Minnesota. Are they able to? Often, when you have a big win like that, it's hard to keep the momentum going. And Dallas, we've said maybe not as good as everybody thinks, but still not a schluff team. Okay, so so what's going to happen? Dallas versus Minnesota. Can can Minnesota keep their head focused and not celebrate too much? Um, are are the Cowboys going to sneak up on them? Are the Cowboys going to come back angry after losing a game that they should have won, an overtime game themselves against the Packers? What's going to happen here? Okay, this game is really hard. I don't like it either way I pick it. Like if I if I was a betting man, I would not bet on this game because I just get a funny feeling either way I pick it. Um, but I was watching Good Morning Football this morning, and Peter Schrager was giving up 
listing out some of the Vikings' biggest wins over the last five years. Miracle in Minneapolis, they got rolled the next game, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. All through the Vikings' last five years, they just continued to get big wins, and then they followed up with a bad loss. And I think that this is what is going to happen in this game. I think Dallas will win it. Well, I'm with you, man. I think this is a really hard game to pick, which is why I had you pick it first because I just wanted to do the opposite. So you think you think Cowboys? I'm going to go with the Vikings. They're an easy team to cheer. They're a good team to get behind. I will they be got, cheering for the Vikings. They got the they got weapons all over the place. There's there's very few teams that have just a eye popping wide receiver and an incredible running back. So. I'm picking I'm picking the Vikings. I think it'll be close. I think they'll look shaky and probably try to give it away, but I I think I think Vikings are winning this one. The next game is the Kansas City Chiefs uh, going up against the San Diego Chargers. Chargers lost a big one against the 49ers, a close one that they should have had in that Sunday night football game. And uh Chargers kind of need to start winning if they want to make a little bit of noise postseason and I I said this before the season started I think the Chargers need to make the postseason in order for their coach Brandon Staley to keep his job so Chiefs Chargers what do you think Luke Chargers lead the game going into the fourth quarter Patrick Mahomes leads the Chiefs on a one on a touchdown drive leave a minute on the clock Chargers need a field goal to win they don't get a field goal Ooh, that's very that's a very specific pick (laughs) I, I for a while there I thought you were gonna say Chargers lead going into the fourth quarter and then the Chiefs score more points in the fourth quarter than the Chargers have in a game all season, which is a possibility. Um I think the Chiefs are gonna win this one. I don't think the Chargers are a very good team. Don't quote me on that whole passage, but I do think the Chiefs I really are hope close I really hope it turns out that way. <laughs> um the Chargers I don't think are very well coached. I think Herbert's a good quarterback. I think he needs a better offensive line. They have some flashy defensive weapons, but but not a full team. The Chiefs are a full team. Mm-hmm. The San Francisco 49ers just beat the Chargers and 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 themselves a very talented team trying to do enough to make a wild card playoff game versus the Arizona Cardinals, a team that like is doing just enough to not be eliminated from the playoffs yet. These two teams are playing in Mexico. What do you think is going to happen here? I think that the Cardinals will win the game. That's interesting. I was just going to say. Oh, I forgot that the 49ers have Christian McCaffrey. The 49ers are going to win this game. You think so? Because I was just going to say this. It it seems like an easy pick for the 49ers, and those are usually the games that they lose. Yeah. I I don't know. I, I, I told you that this game that the Cardinals were like the um the Marshall Thundering Herd. Yeah. Um and I think I can't remember who they're it was it was against the Vikings. I said Cardinals are like Marshall and Minnesota is like Coastal Carolina. Um, you know, either way, it's a weird game to pick. Coastal yep. Carolina beat Marshall, Minnesota beat um Arizona. <laughs> yep. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. Um without giving the Sun Belt references that none of you guys want. Um, <laughs> you never know what you're going to get from the Cardinals. Yeah. You can get A-plus Kyler Murray, and then you can get C-plus 
Yeah. Kyler Murray. And I think that you get B minus Kyler Murray and the yep. Niners win because you have A plus Christian McCaffrey. And and Kyler Murray didn't play last week. He is battling some injuries. He's questionable. He might make a comeback, but they did get a win with Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy has won a lot of football games with the Cardinals filling in for Kyler Murray. So definitely I would not not similar in in style of play, but uh but I think that either quarterback I would say gives their team the same chance to win. I, I I don't think that they're at a great disadvantage if they have Colt McCoy, but I do think Kyler Murray is really an incredible weapon when his feet and mind are both in a good place. So um you picked Niners. I'm gonna just I'm I've I've burned some bad picks on the Cardinals, but I haven't learned my lesson yet, so I'm gonna pick the Cardinals to win this game against the Niners in Mexico. So those are our NFL picks. Uh again, if you uh want to ask us a question or interact with us at all, our our email is theprofitcast at gmail.com. Uh we would love it if you talk about this podcast with your friends share it uh and give us a a rating and a review we appreciate the feedback so with that it's the coach and the player signing off well that's all the time we have for today but remember god made you special and and he he loves loves you very very much. much bye